Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome back to the pregame show of the Orange Weekly Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Jared, and today I am joined once again by my co-host, Matt, who I, I think, Matt, I think the last time we did a podcast was what, week eight last year? Yeah, it was a long time ago. <clears throat> middle of last season, I think, yeah. towards the end, yeah. Yeah, it was towards the middle of the end of last season. I, I had to go off, and, and you and uh, Dan took over for the second half. So if you guys have been following Orange Weekly uh, and our podcast, thank you guys so much, first of all. We know that you have a lot of choices in podcasts. We really appreciate that you choose us. We hope to bring you the best possible podcast that we can. Please let us know. Comments, concerns, please rate us. Make sure you guys are on there rating us. If this is the first time you guys are joining us, this is the pregame podcast where Matt and myself will break down the upcoming game this week is Raiders week, uh, but we're going to bring you inside the minds of the players and the coaches and try to get you guys ready for the game. Try to give you guys a little bit of insight about what to expect this upcoming Sunday. So before we get started, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and bring it over to the Mad Fanatic. Orange, man. So yeah, so this week is Raiders week, uh, which is a fun time for all of Broncos country. It's one of the biggest rivalries by far in the NFL, and we're definitely looking forward to it. So we're going to go ahead and start, get into it and, and let you guys know, and I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing about John Gruden this and John Gruden that, and he's back after 10 years. So we're not going to bore you with too much of that, but we do want to draw a few uh, lines in the sand and give you guys an insight on who they are, who the new Raiders are under John Gruden. Um, and we're going to start kicking off with uh, Greg Olson. So uh, I'm not, and I know that we talked about this a little bit, Matt, but uh, you did know that Greg Olson has only been to the playoffs once and he's been coaching since 2004. Yeah, that's a, sort of a common thing with Greg Olson. He's been on losing teams, mediocre teams for most of his career. Uh, we were talking about this before, but he's mostly been an OC on teams where the head coach is going to be calling plays. Um, his, I guess, most successful run would come last year when he was the uh, OC slash QB coach for uh, Goff um, with the Rams under McVay. But McVay is, you know, he's the offensive mastermind. He would call the plays. He designed the playbook. So, you know, Greg Olson's coming in here and he's just doing the same job he's been doing for a number of years uh, as Gruden is calling the plays as it's his offense. And Olson's just there, I guess, to manage the loose ends and, and, and help out with Derek Carr and his development. But there's nothing spectacular on that side of the ball. Yeah, you hit it right on the head. I think that he's always put in those positions where he might be have the title of OC, but he, most of the time he's just a quarterback coach. And and going through here, I, I, we did a little bit of research here, and he's been on um, a 3-13 and team with St. Louis Rams. So he first met John Gruden when he was in Tampa Bay in 2008. That was the year, uh, if any of you guys are tracking the John Gruden era, that Gruden was fired. So that was the last year that he uh, ever coached. That was the year that he got fired from Tampa Bay after going nine and seven. And since then, he's been on just some some really bad teams. Tampa Bay went three and thirteen the next year. He was on, he was the OC for in two thousand eleven. He went four and twelve, and he was fired from there. He was fired from the Raiders after going four and twelve. Um, sorry, he went three and thirteen in Carr's first year. So he brought him in thinking that he was going to help out with Carr, 
because he did know Kimmy, he was part of the, the team that brought Carr in and drafted him in the first place. So I think that's the thought process behind it. But since then, I mean, 5-11, and 9-7, the only playoff appearance was a quarterback coach for Goff, as you mentioned last year. So, um, And so far this year, they're 0-1. So that's always a good start. But uh, that gives you a little bit of insight on who Greg Olson is. Now, I'm not saying he's probably a terrible coach. I'm just saying that whatever teams he's going to usually doesn't do, don't do very well. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on when you're talking about development of a quarterback who people at least a couple of years ago, maybe even last year, were talking about maybe one of the one of the best in the league in the top 10, I'd say. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on when we're talking about, you know, Carr and Greg Olson as the OC. Uh, but what, what did you see on Monday night when uh, John Gruden was calling the plays there against L.A.? Um, I thought I thought that Gruden called some pretty good plays. I'm I'm talking mostly about the first half. The second half, the offense was pretty flat. But the first half, sorry, they came out uh, blazing. Like that first drive was awesome to watch. Marshawn Lynch touchdown was just nasty. Like he's dragging a guy by one leg and he's getting pushed. It was a huge pile. It was just great to watch. It was really old school football. And I think that's what Gruden's trying to bring back, a little bit of um, physicality with the offensive line and the running game. And then he's trying to use Derek Carr's big arm. And, you know, he's got Amari Cooper in there who can make big plays. There's a lot of things that can happen. But the, the most notable thing is how they were so flat in the second half. Um, you know, Gruden hasn't coached in 10 years, but I mean, did it really take that long for him to forget that you're supposed to make adjustments, that you can't run on momentum at the first half, that you can't, you know, just think you've won a game before it's over? You know, that's the sort of feel I got. Um, but, you know, it's been 10 years since he's been on the sideline, so it, it's not an easy transition for him. He's really taken on the full leadership of uh, of this entire team, which is a big task. They've lost their best player this offseason in Mac, and they've had a lot of changes and a lot of right. cultural issues. So it's, I think he did a decent job playing against, like, potentially the number one team in the league and the Rams. Um, but, you know, I didn't see anything spectacular. I didn't see an offense or a defense to be feared this year, and, and especially for week two here against the Broncos. You know, it's hard to feel intimidated by this uh, by this Raiders team. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you 100%. And I think – and you were talking about it too, is is did he forget how to coach in the second half? And I think Sean McVay, give credit where credit's due, did outcoach him. I think he outcoached him in the second half, especially oh, yeah. you know, when you're going up I mean I mean, how much film did you have on an offensive coordinator that hasn't or somebody that's calling the offensive plays that hasn't coached in ten years? Yeah. You know, it's it's kinda of hard to it's kinda of hard to game plan against that. But obviously after the first three, four drives, Sean McVay figured it out. And uh, obviously Wade Phillips, who probably has a full control of that defense being as, as great of a coach as he is. And obviously Broncos country remembers Wade Phillips. Um, but Wade Phillips did a great job of, of, of stopping that offense. I mean, after the first four drives and you figured out what he was calling, he, now that we have a little bit of film to go off of, Joe Woods has a little bit more film to go off of. And remember, uh, Joe Woods was the protege of Wade Phillips. He was under Wade Phillips before Wade Phillips left and Joe Woods took over as the defensive coordinator. So they have very similar defensive play styles and very similar defensive calling. So that's going to be an interesting one to watch. Now that, you know, Wade Phillips coached against John Gruden and that offense, he's going to be studying that film. I I can guarantee you he's studying that film. He's probably studying that film right now as you're listening. Oh, yeah, they definitely are on the phone together. They're talking about this game. And Wade Phillips, I'm pretty sure, played – or, sorry, coached against Gruden back when Gruden was playing, you know, uh, coaching, well, 10 years ago. Um, it's probably the only coaches remaining since then. So you can be sure that they're talking and they're going to be well-prepared for Gruden's offense this upcoming game. Oh, well guaranteed. Prepared. Guaranteed. I mean, they're probably on speed dial. Let's be honest. They're calling yeah. each other. They call each other the day after the game. I can, I can guarantee that. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. sure. 
So, yeah, there's nothing really um, scary to see on the side of the ball. Marshawn Lynch, I mean, he, he had flashes of his old form. He's 32 years old. Like, I don't know if this running game is going to keep going. But, uh, you know, the, the offense is going to go as Gruden's play calling and as Carr's arm, really, at this point in the season. So, you know, when you rely on that to get a spark or to get anything, you don't have much of a stability elsewhere. It's, um, yeah, you're, you're very much hit and miss. So we'll see how this one goes on the offensive side of the yeah. ball for the Raiders there. For us, as watching this from a coaching perspective, you know, we, we started looking at not just what they were doing or what they were lining up, but but who was getting the looks. And, and you know, Carr seems to heavily favor Jared Cook, and that could present a problem for Broncos country going forward. And that, that Broncos defense, because we've had such a tough time covering tight ends. I mean, look at Seattle last week. Their tight end was the only one that really got any big catches. I mean, the, the two big plays that they had, two of the big plays on offense that they had, were from their tight end. So it's obviously something that's going to be of concern. Uh, do you think that's going to be a big concern, or do you think that Joe Woods is going to be able to figure out like like Wade Phillips did? Oh, I think it's going to be a big concern. I won't lie. Jared Cook is really fast. He's really athletic. Um, and he's, he's I think he's underrated as a tight end. He always has been. Uh, and the Broncos, like you said, it's been an issue for a number of years now. And I just don't think Joe Woods is going to have the solution to cover tight ends. I think that's going to be the Broncos' weakness on defense. It's going to be how those inside linebackers match up with Jared Cook. Uh, and even the, the small running backs, too. Let's not forget about them. Like, other than Marshawn Lynch, the Raiders have Jalen Richard. They have, um, I forget his first name, but Washington. And then... Um, Doug Martin and all these guys are below 5'10", I think, and they're they're short, stocky right. guys, quick, shifty, and those are really hard to cover too. So Brandon Marshall, Todd Davis, they're gonna have a big day trying to cover Cook and these four running backs. So, it, you know, I think if anywhere Gruden, if if we can see this, Gruden can see this. You know, let's be honest here, we're not Absolutely. NFL coordinators; they are. Uh, so they're gonna do a lot to to expose this, even maybe using some of the receivers on tight formations and and doing other things like that. But it's going to be uh, – that's going to be the weakness. That's the hole in the Broncos' defense, and it has been for a number of years. And the thing is, it is a hole on many teams across the league, including the Rams. Right. Um, the Rams' inside right. linebackers, the entire linebacker core is the weakness of that team. That I mean, there's no notable players. It's pretty uh, – you know, it's pretty shaky, and the Raiders did what they could to take advantage of it. What – excuse me, what – Wade yeah, and, and Wade Phillips, he had the perfect answer. He matched up Aqib Tlaib, an ex-Bronco, on uh, Jared Cook to just play one-on-one. -on -one. And after that, Jared Cook was slowed down quite a bit. I just don't think the Broncos necessarily have that guy that can match up with Jared Cook. You know, it could be Pac-Man. It could be he's got a lot of experience, a bit tougher, a bit more physical. The other corners, I mean, right. Ronald Darby and Harris, they're, they're small guys. And the safeties, if we start putting our safeties down against a tight end, then that leaves Amari Cooper and Jordy Nelson to go deep, which they love to do. So it's the top. it's going to be hard to uh, to cover that. That's going to be the, the one area where I think the Raiders really take advantage. But I think it's the only area. Because otherwise, like the defensive line for the Broncos is very strong, very strong. And the offensive line for the Raiders is very strong, probably the best in the league right now. So I think these guys can neutralize each other. They're going to have – each side is going to have a good play here and there and a bad play here and there. So it should be pretty matched up. But it's really that, that tight end linebacker combination that's going to be tough to, to, to work through. Absolutely. And this, and this is a prediction for me and what I see. And from what I've seen – um, in the past, especially from Joe Woods, is he's going to be he's going to be a very strong and very uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for heavy minded I guess no what's the word I'm looking for he's going to be strong and he's going to be uh, stick to his guns as far as his defense he's probably going to stay in his base defense for the first few drives I mean the same way that L A did where they stuck in their base defense for the first two drives saying you know what 
we can cover Cook. I have the linebackers. I have faith in my linebackers and my system that my linebackers can cover Cook. What I see is the same thing that happened to LA. They're going to start running these big plays. Cook's going to get open, or they're going to start getting it to the outside to, you know, Amari Cooper um, or Jordy Nelson. Once that starts happening, I think you're going to start. So you're going to see either Pac-Man Jones coming in to cover Cook. And then once that happens, John Gruden's going to start throwing out his his running backs out of the flats because now you don't have those guys to cover those flats. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting chess game that you're going to see here because it's going to go back and forth. Okay, we match your Jared Cook with our Pac-Man Jones. Um, you know, we match your Jordy Nelson with our Chris Harris. So now who do we have to cover Marshawn Lynch? Who do we have to yeah. cover uh, Doug, Doug Martin, right? So so now that's where you, you get into that. Now the one saving grace that we do have – are our outside linebackers and Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. And I think those are the guys that are going to have to play a lot more careful. You might not see as many sacks as you did last week because they have a little bit more threats on the outside. We're going to have to be a little bit more careful in the run game. However, they're going to get much more tackles this game than they did last game because they're going to need to. You know, big time. And, you know, we, we can't forget, like, the Oakland offensive line is – really good like they moved Donald Penn to right tackle because yeah. of, a, of an injury there and they, they're starting uh, Colton Miller the rookie so the rookie left tackle you know he's a little bit raw I think Miller or Chubb whoever's going to line up on him they might have one or two sacks but otherwise Osamele Hudson and Jackson like these guys are probably the best interior line right now in the entire NFL um, so this one's going to be a pretty interesting one to watch because the Broncos D-line, I mean, like I just said, with Pico and God says Chubb, Wolf, you know, uh, Miller, like these guys are, they're studs across the board. So the battle of the, the trenches here, that's going to be, you know, what we're watching because I, I personally think that the Raiders have the potential to be a top five offense this year. They have really good players and it's going to go with Carr, how he plays. But they've got a lot of firepower here and it's shown against the Rams in that first half. They flashed a lot of time. Right. But otherwise, you know, that's that's going to be the strength of their team. We're going to talk about their defense in, in a second here. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, this offensive line, if they if they outplay the Broncos' D-line, it's going to be a Raiders win, I think. But I think that's going to be a tough match because the Broncos' D-line is, uh, yeah, they're really aggressive and really strong. So it's going to be a heck of a matchup on that side of the ball. Absolutely. And on that note, I think I think you're right. The Oakland Raiders are going to have a lot of games that are going to turn into shootouts because oh, yeah. of that. So um, on that note, we're talking about how their offense is probably their, their biggest strength. Let's switch fields. Let's talk about the Broncos offense. Let's talk about the Raiders defense. What did you see that really stood out to you on Monday night that the Broncos are going to be looking on film, that are looking on film right now from the Raiders defense? Um, I'm going to first off by, by say that, you know, they have zero pass rush after they lost Mac, <clears throat> you know, and we, we don't talk politics here, but that's a big loss for a football team, like losing, uh, you know, a potential hall of fame player one day. That's, that's a huge loss. So Paul Gunter, the new defensive coordinator, this guy spent 16 years coaching NFL. I think 13 of the 16 have been with the Bengals. Um, and he worked his way up through the, through the ranks and he was only a DC for four years with the Bengals. He's put up some good units in those four years. Uh, but, the, you know, yep. the Bengals have been very uninspiring for, I mean, their existence. And, you know, other than that, like, he runs a pretty solid 4-3 defense. He's got a couple players, uh, a couple, I think, are just one or two players maybe from uh, from his Bengals days that are playing with him in, um, what's the safety's name there? Reggie Nelson. His guy's he's, he's a captain of the defense. He's, he's with uh, Gunter, so he's a bit of his play caller. But otherwise, man, this defense has no pass rush. Goff was standing in the pocket, clean, 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 like for, you know, especially in the first half. Um, <clears throat> I can't even see. They got one sack. Bruce Irvin got one sack during the game. So, you know, the, the pass rush is really uninspiring. 
their linebackers, Derek Johnson, he's a great inside linebacker, but he's he's getting old. Emmanuel Lemur and Tahir Whitehead, you know, these guys are both free agents. They they weren't starters on the previous team, and now they're starting here. So it just goes to show, you know, where, where this talent is coming from. Their DBs, uh, you know, Gary and Connolly still hasn't played up to expectations. Rashawn Melvin, he's he's been a bit of a free agent here and there. Um, same with uh, Gilchrist, another free agent who came in the team this year. Carl Joseph really good player he's up and coming he's a young guy so i mean there's potential there but i'm looking at their depth chart now there's starters on defense there's one two three four five six seven i think that are free agents that came in the team um from before so it's you know what i mean there's there, there's not much consistency there's one rookie too pj hall uh pj hall he, he's not talked about much but man he was a beast in college really 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 good uh, he's somebody to watch out for this year he has the potential to maybe turn into another sort of aaron donald type smaller bodied really athletic really good talent so he's a guy on defense for the raiders that uh you know they have a lot of potential same as maurice maurice hurst um say that five times fast uh, you know, these two guys are good interior players that will take some time to develop, but, you know, they have a lot of potential. But other than that, eh, I'm not too afraid of this defense. Uh, Broncos offense definitely has an advantage here with their players, like, across the board. So, you know, I think the Broncos offense, if Keenan plays a good game, I think they're going to run over these Raiders straight up. Yeah, and you you made a lot of really good points. They're playing, their defense is, is almost all brand new, and, Obviously, we were going to talk about it a little bit, but but Gruden kind of walked in and 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 said, "This is my way or the highway. This is my oh, team yeah. where you can get out." And you saw it with the Mac trade, and um, you know, obviously, people were watching that Sunday night game where he still lost, but he went off and had a great game and um, made a lot of the Oakland fans sick. But it, neither here nor there. You, you look at this defense, and it's a brand new it's a brand new defense. And for our defense, we, we have a lot of issues and we have a lot of things where you know we lose a couple of players here and there and there's some communication issues their entire defense is that way and and basically a lot of these guys haven't played together before and and you kind of saw that last week too and i think that's one of those rookie mistakes too is i mean what was the final score of that game last night uh 33 13 yeah you, you see a you see an la rams team and, and a very don't get me wrong very high powered la rams team that you know is favored to win the nfc However, you see an LA Rams team put up 33 points on a defense. It's, it's really hard to not think what is going on with that defense. And I think you hit it on the head. It's they're brand new. They're, they're coming out, and they haven't played together as a unit before. They have a couple coaches. None of the coaches have they ever played with before. You know, even um, their defense coordinator after spending 13 years, which for the record, I want to give props to him, 13 years in one at one team – you know, it, it's really hard to say that, you know, you stay for one team for a while, but staying for 13 years at the Cincinnati Bengals, it's really cool of him. Um, however, now he's with John Gruden, probably took the opportunity, was like, you know what, I have a coach that's offering me this amazing scholarship or this, this amazing opportunity, and I'm going to take it. That's where I'm going to go. So uh, hats off to him. However, now you look at uh, their weakness, and their weakness last year even was their defensive backs. Right. I mean, they, they have a issue covering quarterbacks, covering receivers. And, and I don't know what it is. They, they ranked, I think, 28th last year in, in yards allowed. And um, so they bring in this new guy, uh, Derek Ainsley. And I want to talk about him for a little bit. He is coming from Alabama. So he was the defensive coach, both defensive backs coach at Alabama. And this is his first year in the NFL as a defensive back coach for the Oakland Raiders. So, 
not like he played for sort of coach for some scrub team. He's been coaching for a very, very strong, probably, you know, one of the best in the BCS and uh, coming in. But this is his first year in college, hoping that he can get this defensive unit, this defensive back unit to play as a team. And what we saw last week, it's not going to be there. So expect mm-hmm. flipping the idea now. Case Keenum, Emmanuel Sanders, and Demarius Thomas, and even what we saw flashes of Cortland Sutton to, to have a, a great game. And, um, you know, and I, I, we talked about how their offensive unit is probably their strength. And while our offensive unit isn't our strength, their defensive unit is their downfall. So I, I can kind of expect a little bit of a shootout in this game because of that, because their defensive backs are a little bit questionable. You know, you, you mentioned a couple of rookies that are in there. So we're going to see a big game out of Emmanuel Sanders and Tavares Thomas. I think that's where we're going to see a lot of our um, offensive yards gained. Now, we also have that running back by committee going on. So we have... You know, our two rookies in Freeman and, and um, Lindsey. And then we obviously obviously have Devontae Booker. No, you know, I, I'm just looking at stats here for uh, for the Broncos. And last week, you, you just mentioned running back by committee. And, you know, we got Freeman and Lindsey. They appear, I don't know if this is a mistake or not, but they both had 15 carries for 71 yards, which is pretty cool. That's a right. pretty cool stat. Um, so, I mean, you know, I think the, it's, it's sort of undecided who's going to be there, but Lindsay, I thought played lights out and against this linebacker core. Wow. Oh, I, and I agree with you. And I think and not only is he a threat as a running back, but he's a threat as a receiving running back. Oh, too. Yeah. He can get out into the flats and he catches that ball and he goes from zero to 30 and, and real fast. And, and even with Royce Freeman, we didn't get to see a lot of them because we basically gave the hot hand to, to Philip Lindsay, the, you know, the CU native, the guy that's never left Colorado, um, and, and for those of you listening, if you don't know this, I'm, I'm surprised, but, you know, he played for Denver South and then he went to CU Boulder, didn't get drafted, came to the Broncos and was like, you know what? Fine. We'll see what you got. We He made the team by a landslide because we didn't even play him in the fourth preseason game. He came out there and went lights out last week. So it's really cool. It's a great story, especially for Broncos country, Denver natives, Colorado natives in general. It's amazing to see that story, but don't expect that every week. Because we are going to just basically see who sees the hole better. You know, if we give the ball to to Royce Freeman and he breaks off a couple 20 yards like Lindsey did, expect him to be the hot hand for that week. And even then, I mean, even in the fourth quarter, you saw Freeman started getting a little bit more yards and he started getting a little bit more touches. So it's going to be a lot of fun watching, especially against, yeah, this linebacking core that is oh, yeah, less than strong. stellar. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little I, – I don't want to talk crap about a team, but <laughs> – and like between uh, Lindsay and Freeman here, Freeman is uh, six feet, about 240 pounds, and Lindsay's 5'8", 190. So I think what we're going to eventually see happening is, is like we see, I mean, all the time, like I can bring back to Brandon Jacobs and Ahmad, uh, Ahmad uh, Brad, Bradshaw, I think that's the last name, when he played for the Giants a few years ago, or even this year with Adrian right. Peterson, Chris Thompson in uh, Washington, and then in Tennessee, you got uh, Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. Like this combination of this big power back and then this small shiftier guy, and it's that thunder and lightning concept, you know. I think that's what it can right. evolve to because you look at the stat line. I mean, Lindsay had two catches, 31 yards, and a touchdown, beautiful touchdown, too. Freeman had uh, no, no, no catches, right? So I think where Lindsay really has an advantage is going out in the flats and going on those quick ins and, and and just playing that uh, mismatch against the linebackers, especially a guy like Derek Johnson, who's in his mid to late thirties, who's not as quick as he used to be. Right. Absolutely. And and it's the, the I mean, playing against the Broncos concept, you match up your, your 
unknown running back against any one of their defensive guys, if you know they can beat him, then that's that secret weapon. Oh, and yeah. while he's probably going to get rookie of the of the game or rookie of the week last week, I still think that people are going to underestimate him. He's been underestimated his whole life, and I think that's really where our strength lies in our offense. Now, once they start realizing that, then we can start opening up other things. And I think that's really, you know, it's the whole concept of start with the run to open up the pass. And I think that's really what's going to happen. I think it's what's going to happen this week. They were going to start with the run, and then they're going to have to start loading the box because their linebackers aren't going to be able to stop it. And that's where we're going to start opening up against their uh, questionable secondary. And you're going to see a lot of balls thrown to Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, and Obviously, I think Cortland Sutton is due for a good game. If it's not this week, it's going to be next week for sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, you know, this is a new Broncos offense, too. I mean, a lot of the same players, but just bringing in Keenum, it completely revamps this offense. Um, I think Keenum's got a lot of potential. His arm was good. He threw three touchdowns. Awesome. He threw three picks. That's kind of a, a painful stat to look at. But, you know, week right. one week one is week one. We can't be judging the rest of the season based on this week. There's a lot of, you know, timing issues, a lot of communication issues, a lot of things that these players are working out um, in these first Absolutely. couple weeks. This is the first time they've played together a full game, right? So there's these three picks, like, you know what, they won the game. It was an exciting game. That's what matters. Um, what, what what I am kind of fearing, though, is, you know, the Seahawks defense, not very strong team, uh, a unit, sorry. Um, they lost a lot right. of players. They're going through a big transition. Same with the Raiders. So, you know, I'm fearing that the Broncos might get a little bit too overconfident playing against these sort of weaker units. Um, you know, if we're right. looking at the game from, from uh, just this weekend here, um, you know, there, there was one sack by the by the Seahawks. You know, I see that the Oakland right. – uh, sorry. Pardon me, the, the Denver offensive line has improved quite a bit, bringing Jared uh, Veltier, Connor McGovern, Matt Paradis. You know, these guys, uh, you know, they're going to make a big difference this year, you know, alongside Bowles and, and, and Leary. But, you know, it's not like we're, you know, they're bringing in a top unit. It's not like they brought in Zach Martin or anything like that. So it's it's, it's, it's a nice improvement, a huge one. And Seahawks, not much pass rush. Raiders, not much pass rush. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, how the, the confidence builds in this offense and how they're able to sort of sustain a good amount of momentum. Um, Keenum has been through a lot of teams. He's seen a lot of different things. These receivers, they're veterans. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, these guys have seen a lot in this league. So I think there's good leadership there to bring in the, the Cortland Sutton and the Lindsay and the younger players. So there's a good mix on this offense. And it, to be honest, it's the first time since Peyton Manning was there. Um, not even Peyton Manning's well, I guess Pittman's last year because they won the Super Bowl, but it's the first time that, you know, since then that there's excitement on this offense. And I feel that this is a unit that could actually compete um, because of the past couple of years with this whole Trevor Simeon and, and I forgot that tall guy who's got cut. I forgot his name already. Clearly he was Lynch. That's the one, Lynch, uh, Mr. Underwhelming. Uh, you know, it, there, there hasn't been much in the offense, but now there's a spark, it seems. You know, there's there's some movement, there's some excitement here with these young guys and the new quarterbacks. So it's, it's going to be cool to watch against the Raiders. Um, you know, this could be a renewed offense. I uh, sorry, a renewed rivalry. Like you said, it could be a shootout between Derek Carr and, and Case Keenum. It could turn out to that, but I I don't think it will be because I think the Broncos' defense is just really strong, and I think they're going to shut down the Raiders' offense, kind of like the Rams did, um, you know, over this past weekend. So uh, you know, yeah. Overall, I think the Broncos have a solid advantage on both sides of the ball. Solid advantage. And even if we're, uh, yeah. if we're talking about the two sides, let's talk about special teams. The Raiders have a new kicker. They, they got rid of Marquise, uh, Marquette King, who's now with the Broncos. I think he's the best kicker in the yes, league. Yes, he is. And they replaced him he with a, a rookie, so kudos. And then uh, they, 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 uh, they cut Sebastian Janikowski, who's been a cultural icon in Oakland, I'm sure, for over a decade. And they bring in uh, Mike Nugent. Like, you know, you trade in a dollar for four quarters. Like, cheers. 
That's fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, I don't really know what's going on with this Raiders team, um, but the Broncos upgraded on punter. Like, you know, Marquette King, awesome. I think he's going to – this is his homecoming. He's going to have a great time against the Raiders, I think. He's going to have a great game. So good ball placement is going to help both the offense and defense. And I think it's – you know, he's sort of an unspoken guy that will have a big impact in this game. Yeah, and, and so you mentioned some really good points because I think that the Marquette King – trade and pickup was unreal and I don't know why they even got rid of him but I think it goes back to what I said earlier about this was John Gruden walking in saying this is my team yeah um, I don't care who you are this is my team and I think that's what ended up happening and it ended up happening with multiple players especially really good players and as I respect him for that it ended up hurting him and it's going to end up hurting him in the long run um, obviously already they're 0-1 really tough opponents the first week obviously they're really tough opponents this week so no, another thing to, to obviously the special teams is is a huge factor and obviously has helped us and and i don't know if a lot of you guys are focusing on the special teams but it really has helped us put in us into better field position and something that i saw again in the la rams versus the oakland raiders game was that as soon as Derek carr got backed up he got really really fidgety he got really frustrated and really um, antsy when he was in the back he did not want the safety he did not want to make a mistake that far deep in his end zone i think that could be and play to our advantage with marquette king because he has the leg to give us great field position. And I think that's going to be one of our keys going into this game. Another thing, too, is this rivalry, no matter how long it's been alive, every year, no matter how good one team is over another, has been a rough game. It's been a tough game for years and years. Most recently, you can remember the Akeem Tlaib versus Michael Crabtree. Obviously, now they're one of those players are with either team anymore um so i'm kind of excited to see what the new rivalry is going to be you know mm -hmm. it always goes back so I'm, I'm excited to see what the new anger is going to be what the new frustrations are going to be and, and who comes out on top of those frustrations because whoever gets over those frustrations first is the winner of this game i think yeah that's, that's a really good point there's um there's a need for new swagger here on both sides of the ball um you know to be honest this is week two so we, it's hard to predict what's going to happen. There's just not much, you know, film or anything this season. Um, and these emotional games, these big rivalries, they usually bring out the best in people. Uh, you know, on both sides of the ball, I think this new defensive unit, I think Gruden is their first road uh, road game of the season. And so it's going to be it's going to be a nice, nice, like you said, a nice way to see who's going to bring out that the new rivalry, who's going to be tough, who's going to bring out that swagger that, that, that you need on a team in order to, you know, kind of gain some sort of emotional connection with the guys and, and build that, that identity that you want. Um, I'm ready to see Marshawn Lynch just start something. I think he's going to be, uh, he's going to be the instigator. Okay. So let, let's go into that. Let's play off that. So other than Marshawn Lynch, who is your one key player? I want, I want you one key player from both Broncos and one key player from the Oakland Raiders that you want to keep an eye on that you think are going to be the difference makers in this game. Ooh, on either side of the ball, either side of the ball. Hmm. I think the difference maker for the Raiders is going to be Colton Miller and how he plays against Chubb or uh, the other Miller. And I think, you know, this this rookie, he's, he's very raw, but he's very, very talented. And if he has a good game, I think Carr is going to be pretty much on point. But if he's shaky and Carr is sketching out on his backside, he's not sure if someone's going to come hit him or if he's getting hit a lot. I think it's going to completely turn the offense around. And with the Raiders, too, is they don't have a lot of depth on that offensive line. If one guy goes down, it's going to be pretty tough. So, you know, that, that's my guy to watch out for the Raiders, Colton Miller. Um, and on the Broncos, one guy to watch out for across the board. Mm -mm -mm. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say Bradley Roby. 
and now he's going to match up. I'm assuming Bradley Roby is going to match up with Jordy Nelson. Um, I mean, they might not flip sides of the field, you know, who knows, but I think he's going to be the guy against Jordy Nelson. And I think that's going to be a big one. Jordy Nelson, he's, he's not a scrub. He's been around the league for a long time. He's very talented. And Bradley Roby, he's very talented as well, but, you know, he's not a keep to leave. So that'll be an interesting matchup. And I, I think if he shuts him down, I think Chris Harris has a good game against Cooper and Carr is, is shut down here and he doesn't really know who to throw to. But I think Bradley Roby, if he's got a, a weak game, I think he's going to be exposed one-on-one -on -one with Jordy Nelson. So those are my two guys. Okay, and, and I like that because uh, you, you mentioned the rookie against either Von Miller or Bradley Chubb. So it could be rookie on rookie, which could be a very fun matchup to watch, depending yeah. on what side like what side we decide to send on. Yeah, because on the other side, we so have Donald for, Penn, who's very experienced. So you know what I mean? So they're both going to flip, right. and they're going to see where they match up. That's the, You know, the Broncos are very rich in that, because even on depth chart, like Shane Barrett, he had a great game. Uh, sorry, Shaquille Barrett, last week. Shaquille Barrett, Shane Ray, he had another good game. So, you know, there's depth there as well, so... These two tackles are going to have their hands full for the entire game. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, I think I'm going to flip the field. So you talked about a uh, offensive guy for the Raiders. I think I'm going to talk about a defense guy. I want to see how Rashawn Melvin plays against any of our receivers. I think he's probably going to be matched up with Marius Thomas. They like to switch him side of the field. They don't like to stay like we do. So they're going to probably swatch, put him up on Marius Thomas, which leaves uh, Gary and Conley open on Emmanuel Sanders, which – Either way, I'd, I'd take any one of those guys. I, and if you guys don't know these guys, it's probably for a good reason. Um, they're, they're not big-name corners. So any of those corners against any of our receivers, I think is going to be an interesting, an interesting uh, take. And on the Broncos, um, you, you picked uh, Roby, right? Yeah. Okay, so on the Broncos' offensive side of the ball, I'm going to pick on – the offensive line. I know. I know it's kind of like a general general term, but last week the offensive line against a very questionable Seattle defensive line was pushing the the front line on the run so far. It was two or three yards before the running back was even touched, which made him obviously our both of our running backs, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, when they got the ball, they weren't getting touched until two yards upfield. And I want to see that again, and I, I want to see if that's going to continue or if that was just because we were playing a subpar defensive line. So I think that's going to be my focus, and I'm going to watch that, especially because, uh, especially Jared Bellier, who's our new guy, um, I want to see what he does pushing off on that line because if, if we can continue with this, again, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. The Raiders' defensive line isn't exactly the greatest. However, I want to see that consistency, and I want to see that moving forward. Because if we can again start with the run and open up the pass, I think that's going to be our biggest threat going into the rest of the season. So, I know it's kind of a cop out. I didn't pick one player, but I think the whole <laughs> offensive line a deserves credit for last week's game. He got you know uh, we only they only had one sack, which was huge, and they obviously got huge pushes on the run game. We had we definitely controlled the clock. We controlled basically the entire game other than a couple big plays here and there. Yeah. It's not often that you can throw three interceptions and still win a game, A, oh, yeah. the defense, but B, we controlled the clock and we controlled that because of the offensive line. So okay. credit where credit's due. That's where I'm sending that, and that's what I want to see again. I want to see that consistency coming in again. Yeah, and that's you know that's a good pick. Is like I'm just gonna look at the pure physics of it. Um, right now, Jared Valde here, the right tackle for the Broncos. He's six six, about three fifteen, and he's gonna be playing most likely against Bruce Irvin, who plays the left end. And Bruce Irvin is six three, two forty five. So you got this really big bodied Valde here is very athletic, and and Irvin's quick and shifty, but he's a situational pass rusher. So he's not a guy who's gonna necessarily blow up a game. 
Um, but he's going to get a few sacks. He's going to get pressure. So that'll be an interesting matchup because Felder here, uh, in terms of run blocking, I think should dominate Irvin. But I think in terms of pass blocking, Irvin could have an advantage. And then on the flip side, you have Bulls playing against probably Tank Carradine. Tank Carradine 6'4", 276. Uh, you know, and, <clears throat> and Bulls is... Um, uh, as I get my stats up here, Bulls is 6'5", 297. So, you know, again, these are a bit a big body defensive end with a bit of a smaller body tackle. So, you know, maybe Tank Carradine right. is going to have advantage on the run uh, and Bulls going to have an advantage on the pass. So, you know, there's going to be some weird matchups there. But overall, this Raiders defensive line, like you said, is a little underwhelming. All four starters have different body types. So it's they're, they can only really play in one spot, unlike a team like uh, the Eagles that have so much variety on the defensive line that they can put guys anywhere. Um, here it's, it's going to be tough. P.J. Hall, I mentioned him earlier. I think he's some guy to watch out for. I, you know, I was thinking of taking him for the Raiders. I'm not sure, but he's six foot three oh eight. He's very similar to to Aaron Donald, and he plays a similar kind of way. His nickname in, in university was P.J.J. J. Hall because he got so many sacks and he was so uh, so athletic. So, you know, he's another guy to watch out for. But the Broncos have such a strong interior line right now against this rookie. You know, I think the advantage goes to the Broncos for sure because Leary, Paradis, McGovern, these guys are, you know, they're, they're, they're solid players. So it's a really good pick to have. And to, to, to help your point, I think the Broncos offensive line should have a field day against these guys, especially running up the middle. I agree. So all this said and done – what do we think our score is going to be? Ooh, playing Broncos. I think I'm going to call. Mm, I'm going to call thirty to thirteen for the Broncos. Thirty to thirteen for the Broncos. Okay, yeah. so you think we're going to do the same thing that the Rams did? Well, I know. I think it'll be a bit different. I think you know, like thirty to thirteen. That's like uh, you know, a couple field goals, a couple touchdowns. Say three field goals, three touchdowns. You know, I think I think the Broncos are going to stay consistent throughout the game. Um, and they're kind of yeah. they're going to score, you know, throughout maybe once or twice per quarter. And I think the Raiders, if if they start hot, they're going to start hot. But otherwise, they might get you know a garbage touchdown towards the end and a few field goals here and there. Um, I'm I'm just I, I don't think this is going to be the breakout game for the the Raiders. Um, I think their offense is going to move the ball, but I just don't see them necessarily finishing on drives. And I just don't see their defense being able to to stop or slow down the Broncos. So I think they're, the Raiders are going to be forced to go out and throw a lot because the Broncos are eating up the clock. And then, you know, that's going to be it. They're, they're just going to keep scoring. And then the Raiders are going to be playing from behind and not be able to make those completions because they're throwing deep and they're doing all this nonsense. So that's my call. Okay. Yeah. How about you? All right. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. No, I, I think um, – so I called a little bit of a shootout. And the reason I say that is because – uh, just from watching last game and knowing that our defensive uh, core unit, especially at defensive back, is still trying to figure out the work together, trying to figure out the communication skills. We saw that last week. Um, I think they're going to break out a couple big plays. I think there's going to be a couple big plays that we're going to be like, what were you thinking? Why did you not tackle him or why did you not cover him? Whatever the case is. So uh, I think the final score, I think you're going to, I think you're right around the 30 to 31 for the Broncos, but I think it'll be 24 for the Oakland Raiders. Oh, wow. I do think I think that the Raiders are going to score a couple big, um, just on big plays, just on big plays. There's going to be miscommunications on our part. I think we're still learning as a core group. I think Joe Wood still has a little bit of work to do with this core group, but um, I think it's going to be more like the the Rams game, where it's going to be a lot closer at the very beginning, and then once we figure out how they're working, we're going to kind of take it away. I think you you hit it dead on the money. Our, our offense is built on controlling the clock. We control the ball. We control the clock. We control the game. So I think that's what we're going to be focusing on. 
And then you're right. I think we're going to be consistent. Maybe last week we had six punts. I think this week we maybe have three. And I think that we take advantage of that uh, Oakland defense a little bit more than we took advantage of the Seattle defense just because we have that week one jitters under our belt. We talked about the Casey Keenum issues. Yeah. I think those are going to be gone. I think those are going to be ironed out in practice because they were they were mental mistakes. They weren't physical mistakes. They weren't you yeah. know uh, misreads. They were mental mistakes that could be fixed. And I think that's what's going to happen. They're going to fix them in practice and they're going to move on. And, and one of the greatest things – and. This goes back a little bit, you know, I don't want to backtrack too much, but going back to the Case Keenum issue is the best thing about him that we haven't had since Manning is the ability to get over mistakes. Yeah. Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, they make a mistake and they make 15 more. And they never had the ability to just be like, you know what, that's the last play, I'm moving on to the next one, and throw three touchdowns. So it's something refreshing as a Broncos fan to see and also – I know that that's something that he's going to work in practice, and those those turnovers are going to go down. I guarantee it. Oh, absolutely. And just bring it back here to uh, to his saying about six punts last game, maybe three this game. I'm, you know, I think there can be maybe a couple more punts, but I think the difference is with the Broncos, they're not going to be afraid to punt. So on third downs, you know, don't be surprised if you see a couple more risks, a couple more like chancy plays, because with Marquette King back there who can boot at 50, 60 yards. You know, they're not going to be afraid to go and try to pin the Raiders deep and throw their defense on. The luxury of having a good defense is not being stressed when they're on the field because you know that you got a good chance getting the ball back. So I think the Broncos offense are going to be, I think they're going to be having a shootout. They're going to have a great time. A few missed calls here and there. They're going to have to punt a few times, but it's not, uh, it's not a scary situation when they're going to have to punt. I think all three sides of the ball for the Broncos this game is going to be uh, pretty dominant. Right, and that brings up a good point to the to the uh, the basic fan as a, as a coordinator. If you have that defense and that special teams that can pin them back, don't don't be surprised if we go for it on like a third and two and we take a deep shot. Exactly. You know, if we're if we're you know on the 50, 40 yard line and we take a deep shot on third and two, don't freak out because we're not running the ball. It's because we know. That if we punt them and we can pin them back, we have the defense to be able to control them. So, oh yeah, and there's uh, a, a there's a punter there who could pin him in the five. You know what I mean? Like Marquette King, right. like going for midfield, like no problem. Like I would put my money down on this guy pinning it in the coffin corner anytime. Absolutely, and and that's that's such a big relief. And it's interesting how you know offense and defensive coordinators that you know they don't seem to work together, but they really do because if you know that you have faith in that defense and that special teams to be able to do that, your playbook opens up a lot more. You know, you run on first down to get five yards, run again second down to get four. You're at a third and one. Everyone's expecting run. You can take that shot downfield. It's 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 a, a chess game that you love to see, and I think you're right. I think that's what we're going to see against the Raiders, and I'm hoping that especially against the Raiders of all teams, that uh, Vance Joseph opens up a little bit more on, on taking some risks in that aspect. But um, I think Bill Musgraves is going to be the guy that he's going to say, you know what, Keenum, let's take Sutton outside wide, and let's take him against one of these young DBs, and let's send him deep and see what happens. So I'm excited Absolutely. to see that. It's going to be a good game. It'll be exciting to see. Good way to start the season. We're 1-0 right now, so it'll be nice to, uh, to go 2-0. I'm calling it right now, 2-0. Two and no, that's what I like to hear. All right, so any last thoughts before we send them off? No, not for me, not for this game. I think it'll be a really good one, and I'm excited to uh, get back at it next week when we've traveled to go see Baltimore in the Ravens, and that'll be a pretty cool it's an up-and-coming team, so it'll be exciting to talk about. Right, in Baltimore, so that'll be that'll be interesting. We, we don't normally play the Ravens very often, so that'll be an interesting game to talk about and talk about the coaching staff. So, as always, Matt, thank you so much. And, you know, it's, it's always fun. I'm glad that we're back. I'm glad that we're both 
back in uh you know in north america to be able to do this again you know we've been doing a lot of traveling over the last over the last year so it's glad that it's a good thing that we're both back in the same area and we can we can do this um thank you guys again so much for listening thank you to everybody for for your comments concerns um please go on all of our anywhere you're listening and, and rate us and make sure that you are uh, giving us comments giving us feedback we really love that feedback as always, we're going to go ahead and send you off with The Mad Fanatic.